Yes, we haven't done Faith Adventures with Phyllis in how long now? Long, long time. So we might as well do one while Keith's not here, right? Yeah, yeah. But y'all keep me posted when Branson hooks back up in with us because it's going to be any second now, right? Yes, yes. We have um, one of our TV guys is on his way here, and he's on an airplane, so they can't ask him any questions. So that's kind of, but that's not okay because we're supposed to be three deep everywhere, right? So uh, they're, they're getting it, they're getting it, they're getting it. So, um, so we'll get started. It's going to be a good night. I'm excited about tonight because I've actually had this faith adventure now for... Um, Golly, when was the last one? Thank you that y'all all know when the last adventure, faith adventure was. That really helps me out now, yeah. It was before my birthday. It was in October, I know that much. So I've had this one ready since October. Yeah, so I look at it again, and I get ready to do it, and something happens. And I look at it again, and I get ready to do it, and something happens. So I've really studied up on this one really good, and it'll probably come out totally different than anything you've ever studied. So, But we'll do it. So, But what I wanted to, to do is we had a lot of... When I was doing the faith adventures every other week, people would ask this question. They kept asking, why don't you show any pictures of you? Now, that's kind of a dumb question, isn't it? But, but... One of the reasons that I don't show any pictures of me, and I haven't shown any pictures of me, but tonight we might do it a little differently, is because, let me ask you a question. How many of you have read any part of the Bible in the Old Testament? (laughs) Wow, y'all are good. How many of you read where it said, um, such and such wife of, and it never gave their name? They didn't even merit a name. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was just Abraham's wife or this one's wife or Lot's wife. It just said their wife. Is that true or am I making it up? Huh? Well, for decades... So I could have gone on for decades and decades. I could have gone on for many, 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 many more faith adventures and just been Keith's wife. And it would have been just great because, you know what, that's actually what I am. You know, in God's eyes, we can make it in this society however we want to make it. But you know what, one day we're going to die and we're going to get to heaven. And as hard as we worked here on the earth to make things our way, when we get to heaven, they're going to be his way. So you can like it and get it your way down here if you want to, but it's going to be a whole lot easier on you if you get it his way now. Then you don't got to change. So I just learned when we first got married, you remember I told you, the first, he's not here. Yeah, 12 years plus. You know, I told you about it Sunday. I rebelled and I wasn't wife of Keith. I was independent Phyllis. So I decided that probably wasn't the best thing to be. And so for our ministry, in order to take off, I had to become Keith's wife. And so everybody knew me for decades as... 
Keith's wife. And you know what? I like being Keith's wife. <laughs> there ain't a thing in the world wrong with being Keith's wife. It's a great place to be, Keith's wife. So I didn't have any faith adventures to tell about it, but now the Lord dealt with me about doing this one. So I'm going to do it for you tonight, and we're going to do it a little bit different because I may talk about the pictures as we go along. Since we're going to do it as the sermon, I'll take a little bit more time maybe with each one of the pictures and tell you a little bit more about them. Is that okay? All right. So um, let me read you the verse that we do before we show the pictures. And so that how many of you not, do not have a clue about what we're talking about, a faith adventure? Raise your hand. Uh-huh. You're in for a treat. Aren't they in for a treat? Okay. All right. So I can tell you for sure you're in for a treat. Okay. Hebrews 13, 7 in the King James Bible says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose what? Faith Faith follow, considering the end of their conversation or whatever we are today. Then the Hebrew is 13.7 in the NIV says it this. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider their outcome, the outcome of their way of life, and imitate what? Don't imitate their mistakes. So if I tell you about a mistake tonight, it's to do what? It's to tell you to keep from doing my mistakes and just imitate the faith part, right? Somebody yell out at me if we get Branson on. They're still not on, right? So just go, hey, they're on. Yeah, okay. So, because we're going to get them real, real quickly. So, Keith's been talking about... And I I guess the Lord is just smarter than me. We'll just start out with that statement. Because Keith's been talking about week after week after week about uh, whatever he says, do it, right, is the way to get miracles. Whatever he says, do it, right? And so this is going to fit just right in with what he's been teaching. So it'll be really, really good. So let's start with picture number one. Now, this is proof positive for anyone who ever asks you, is she a true blonde? (laughs) There you have it. She is a true blonde. This is her. This is me. And uh, yes, I was a true blonde. You can go on to the next one. And this, this is me too. This is where I learned, though, that I was an achiever. And it was not okay for me just to get part of the badges. I had to get every badge in the book. And I was not happy until I had accomplished every one of them. So I got every badge in the book. And I learned then that I had to get it all. I w- and, you know, it's like a workaholic-type attitude, you know? Yeah, that's not a good thing. Take my word for it. It's not a good thing. So that was, I think, when I learned that. Okay, then let's look at this next picture. Yes. Now, when I was this age, the devil decided that he wanted very desperately to try to take me out. I was, it was the 4th of July, and we were at, at that time, I don't know what they are supposed to signify or anything like that, but I, my dad was a member, and so we were at some kind of lodge thing, 
and we had been eating all day, and we had been swimming in the swimming pool, and we had been jumping in one of those big blow-up things, and and all these things. And you know, they say don't eat and then swim, and swim and then eat. And so, my mom and dad just thought, well, it's just you know, I had, my stomach was real upset, and so they just thought, well, it's just because she's been eating and swimming and doing all this stuff, too much excitement today. And so they took me home. So the next morning, I woke up and I was paralyzed. Oh, is right. And so they got, they got me up and, of course, rushed me to the hospital. And they said that my appendix had burst and gangrene was going all over my body. And so the doctor didn't even, didn't even put me in an ambulance. They put me on the hood of my mom's car and backed me across into the emergency room, shaved me while they were doing all these things, and rushed me in to the emergency room and cut me open and said they didn't, wasn't for sure if I was going to live. And I had to learn how to walk again. Well, this is when I was this age. This happened on July the 4th. Okay? Put up the next picture. This was the very next year. I was in an automobile accident. The very July the 6th. And they didn't expect me to live then. I was in a body cast. They scraped paint off my skull and knocked all my front teeth out. And uh, the devil was just doing his best to take me out. And so my mom said what she was going to do was put me in a room the next year in July <laughs> with a bunch of pillows in it. And Daddy said, no, you're not. She'll suffocate herself, you know. But, you know, those things happened. And, but then after that, you couldn't keep me down. So we went on, and, and right after I got out of this body cast is when I met Keith. So I went to school on crutches, and lo and behold, he was on crutches. <laughs> go figure. So go on to the next one, and there we are. There we are. Aren't we just the cutest people you've ever seen in your life? I mean, we just made, made a pair, didn't we? And we just, I mean, from the time we met, we just fell in love. And we weren't one of those couples that every other week we were together and breaking up and together and breaking up and together and breaking up. We just didn't do it. We didn't break up. We were just together. And every time you saw one of us, you saw the other one. And we just been together ever since then. So however old that was, that's how old we were. And we were kids, you know. So go on to the next one. Then after we went to school... And we graduated from high school. Two days after high school, Keith and I got married. Why wait? Why wait? We were 17 years old, and we got married. We were both holding down full-time jobs, and we got married. Well, you heard the story, if you were here on Sunday morning, about how I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, you heard how he didn't. So we went to camp meeting, though, and he got right after that, or right around in there. I don't even know exactly when he did get filled, but he got filled right away, too. So um, he didn't, I didn't get to hold it over him very long, you know. But anyway, he got filled right away. And so the Lord dealt with us. We went out to uh, Ramah and went to a tour of the campus. We went out to a camp meeting, and um, the Lord dealt with us, of course, to go to Ramah. Well, you know, 
in talking about these things, you back up and you think about it and you think about all the people that we've met over the years that we know that God has dealt with them to go to Ramah or go to a Bible school or do something. And we're talking about the very thing that he was talking about, how to get miracles in your life. How do you get miracles? Whatever he says to you, do it. Because most people, now I'm talking to you about our faith adventures. And I'm talking to you about how we got from where we were to where we are today. Now you've all heard him tell about uh, we lived in a 1969 Marriott mobile home that in Mississippi that when it got cold, the toilet water froze solid. That was how much insulation it had in it. It was not your glamorous home, you know. The stove didn't work. The oven didn't work. The heater didn't work. We had to go out and buy a wood stove in order to get it to work. That was the glamorous home that it was. So this is how much money that we had. But when God said, go to Ramah, we didn't stop and think about, we ain't got no money. Well, maybe we thought about it for all of five minutes, but we knew in our heart, God said what? Go. Go. And that was absolutely all we needed to know was God said go. Now, what we did know was everybody around us said don't go. Everybody we knew said don't go. But God told us to do what? Go. Go. How do you get miracles? Whatever God tells you to do, you do it. Now, if you were to ask me standing here tonight, in all the years that you've been in the ministry, what is the most valuable thing? Now, I think I told it to uh, the people that were here on Sunday morning. The most valuable thing that you've learned being in the ministry. I would have to tell you this. I would have to tell you, learning how to be led by the Spirit, hearing His voice, but then right on the other hand, you know, you have two hands and you wouldn't want to do without either one of them. Learning how to be led by the Spirit. And then on the other hand, trusting God to do what the Spirit told you to do. Because just hearing from the Spirit is not enough. Do you understand it? Just hearing what God told you to do is not enough. You know, Keith was talking about the water turning into wine and his mother telling him, go fill up the pots. Does it take faith to go fill up pots when you don't understand one reasoning behind it that you're going to fill up those pots? Does it take faith to load up everything you've got and go to a strange city where you don't know anybody and you don't have a dime to do anything? What does that take? Trusting God. You can't trust you because you can't do it. You have to trust somebody bigger than you. Keith said this one time, and I want to get it right. He says, 
He said this in a service. I think it was in um, one of our weekly meetings that we had um, in Branson one time. He said, his commands are his enablings. Do you understand that? When he commands you to do something, he enables you then to be able to do it. So in other words, let me put it down in logical terms. When he told us to go to Ramah, what did that do? It gave us the ability to be able to do it even though we could not see it, feel it, touch it, understand it, reason it, think it out, figure it out, pray it out, make it work in any way. If he said go, we sit and figure it out. And we reason out how we're going to figure and make it work and live and do everything that we're supposed to do. No, we just do what he said do. Okay? So we got to Ramah and we graduated from Ramah and Brother Hagin prayed for us and laid hands on us and we went out into the ministry. Now we're ordained now. And yes, we did. We, we started our first meeting days after that. How did we do it? God said, go, we went. Just immediately after that. How do you start a ministry? God said, start one. How do you get a meeting? God said, get a meeting. God said, go here and have a meeting. We didn't have a clue how to have a meeting. We'd never done a meeting before. We'd never heard of anybody that really did a meeting before. This was really new to us. God said, do a meeting. Okay? If God said, do it, what is he going to do? He's going to enable you to do it and tell you how to do it. But what you don't do when God tells you to do something is you don't go to Diane and ask her how to do it and you don't go to this one and ask him how to do it and you don't go to this one and ask him and you don't go to Billy and you don't go to Jim and you don't go to every person and ask them how to do it because they are not going to enable you to do it. You've got to go to the one that's going to enable you to do it because he's going to tell you how to do it. Does that make sense? Okay, go to the next one. So, he said, start a ministry. We started a ministry. How in the world do you start a ministry? How in the world do you get people to know who you are? How in the world... Do you know anything about a nonprofit ministry? How in the world do you do anything about receipt letters? How do you know how to set up a nonprofit ministry? You go ask everybody that has one, how do you do that? How, how do you do that? Tell me how you do that. Well, do you know what? Just because they do it that way, is no sign that that's how God's telling you to do it. Because if God says set up a ministry, what is the very first thing that you should do? You see that blonde hair right there? She didn't know how to set up a ministry. She didn't know how to set up the accounting stuff. See that girl sitting next to her? She's been with us for 20 years now. 
and helping us with our accounting stuff. We knew nothing about accounting. We knew nothing about setting up a ministry accounting. You know what the two of us did? We got, I remember it vividly. You see that room? That's upstairs in our house. Before we ever turned on the computer to do it, we got on our knees and started praying. We said, Lord, how are we supposed to do this? What are we supposed to do? How do we do this? And if the Lord tells you to do something, he's going to show you how to do it. But what you have to do then is trust exactly what he tells you to do. Because every time he tells you to do something, it's going to go crossways of this thing. Because you don't understand it. You don't understand how he's going to tell you. Let me explain it to you very carefully. You don't understand how he's going to tell you to set up a ministry and hire an employee when you don't have enough money to, to pay your light bill. Huh? Set up a ministry. Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to hire somebody to do your accounting stuff. Lord, we don't have enough money to pay our light bill, much less hire an employee to do our accounting stuff. I didn't ask you that question. I told you what to do. Now, you can sit there if you want to, if you're dumb as I was. I told you not to pay attention to that part, right? Just the faith part, okay? And argue with God and stay up all night long and worry about it and fret about how you're going to pay that employee. Or you can just do what God told you to do and let him worry about it Amen. since he is the enabler. Because right. if he told you to do it, he's going to make it come to pass. You don't got to figure it out. So he told us to hire this girl. And you know what? She'd be the very first one to tell you she's never missed a paycheck. But it wasn't because we had the money or we knew how to do it. It was because God said hire her. Go to the next picture. Oh, see that guy right there? You're wondering, what's he got to do with it now? Well, we're kind of talking about what God showed me to do. In the middle of all this stuff, I'm just talking to you about not having the money to even pay an employee. And I told, I think, the Sunday morning crowd this a few, uh, last Sunday or the Sunday before. He came in one day, and he was having to do healing class or something like that. And he says, Phil, I need a haircut. You remember that? I said, you do, don't you? I said, okay, well, believe for the money. Let's join hands. He said, oh, no. He said, you got any scissors? They were scissors that you cut clothes with. They were not scissors that you cut hair with. We couldn't afford scissors that you cut hair with. He said, well, you think you can do it? I said, you think you can pray? <laughs> And there he is. At least it's not standing straight up, is it? And the Lord helped me because of this verse right here. Let's see, I'll get ahead of myself because it says, you remember I was filled with the Holy Ghost, right? So it said, wherever, wherever this verse is, it says, um, 
John 14, 26 in the Amplified says the Comforter, the Counselor, the Helper, the Intercessor, the Advocate, the Strengthener, the Standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you He will teach you how to set up an accounting department, how to cut your husband's hair. You, You know what? You saw that picture of that blonde-headed girl? She didn't know how to do anything. And you know what one of my favorite, favorite, favorite verses in the whole Bible is? You're going to laugh, but it's the truth. Put up, if you would, please, in the Amplified Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. And no laughing at me when you read it. It's Scripture. For God selected, deliberately chose what the world is foolish to put the wise to shame and the world calls weak to put the strong to shame. Keep going. And God also deliberately chose what in the world was low-born and insignificant and branded and treated with contempt, even so that the things that are not he has brought, might dispose and bring to nothing the things that are. Keep going so that no mortal man should have pretense for glory and boast in the presence of God. What does all that say? He takes the dumb people and makes them look good. He's really, really, really good at that. That's like one of his favorite things, that he can take somebody like me that when I went to school, if you set me down with books, you can see how well I read. No, I'm not. I'm serious. It's schooling and books was never really my thing. It was never really my strong suit. But helping Keith, doing the things that God's called me to do, Man, when I get in that mode, there's a grace. It's like somebody takes a pan of warm water and just pours it over my head and answers just come left and right. And I know how to do it. I know how to get out of this mess. And I know how to unconfuse this. And I know how to fix this. And I know how to do that. And I know how to cut hair. (laughs) But why is that? Because God told me to do what? Help. Keith, that's my call in life. That's what he told me to do. God told me, what what did he tell me when I come up out of that water? All the women are going like this. Wait, wait. Every woman in here, half of them, anyway. Submit. Like it's a bad word. Let me ask you again. Do I look like I'm hurting? Have you seen this ring on my finger? (laughs) Do you know he bought me a new truck yesterday? Brand new. Yes, he did. Do I look like I am hurting? No. But what the devil wants to do is he wants to make you think if you do what God says do... You're going to be in the wrong place, not getting what God wants you to have and without and suffering. But the moment you do, you do, you do, you do what 
God tells you to do is when your whole world becomes happy. Your whole world starts to fall into place. And he will fight you tooth and nail to keep you from doing it. But the minute that he said, submit to Keith and help Keith, man, it's like, you ever seen a porcupine bristle? (laughs) Have you ever seen one? It's like everything on the inside of you goes, not me, not me, not me. I am independent. My mom was independent and I'll be independent. And you'll live in hell as long as you are. But the moment that you realize God is good and he's smarter than me and he's telling me this for my own good, then things can start smoothing out. And when I get in my grace, I'm telling you what, there ain't nothing I can't do because the answers are just pumping faster than I can do them. I mean, there's been times that people are are, are coming in my office and they're asking me for questions and things like that, and they'll be lined up at the doorway, and the answers, bop, 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 and they're important answers, and I don't even have to think about them. Why? Because I'm in my grace. I'm doing what God called me to do. But now what if I was over here in this job and I was making all this money and I was doing all this stuff, What do you think would happen to me? I'd probably be sick. I'd probably be broke. I'd probably be hurting. And I'd be wondering why. I'd be sitting in church and I'd be making all my confessions and I'd be saying the right thing and I'd be reading my chapter and I'd be confessing by Jesus stripes I was healed. He meets all my needs. He supplies everything that I need. And I I was doing it for 15 years. And I was still broke and miserable and sick. But the minute, the minute, the minute, the minute. Did you know you could quote every Bible verse that there is? And you could say everything that the Bible says about healing? And you can say everything that the Bible says about prosperity? But until you do what he told you to do, you ain't going to get nothing. Because you can't have it your way. God don't work that way. And ask me how I know. (laughs) I tried to talk God into it. I tried every way possible to get God to let me do it my way. I tried to say, God, I'll serve you, but let me work over here and let, let Keith do ministry and let me, and I'll bring in the money and I'll hand him my paycheck. And I did for years. I brought in the money. I never even would see my... I just hand it to him. Hey, I'm glad to do it. Here, here. So long as I don't have to do this ministry stuff. (laughs) It's the truth. I'm telling you the truth. But I was sick and I was miserable and I was depressed and I weighed 200 pounds because I was trying to fill it with the wrong things. But it wasn't until I got in my place and I did what God said do that everything just started. I didn't have to pray. I didn't have to fast. I didn't have to ask God nothing. I didn't have to quote scriptures. I 
didn't have to do anything. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. If everything ain't going right, then you ain't doing what he told you to do. Because when you're in his place, you don't have to pray about it night and day. When you're in doing what he told you to do, you don't have to fast night and day. It just falls on you like ripe cherries off a tree. God, he's doing his best not to hold things out from us. He wants to just bless, heap blessings on us, heap blessings on us. That's when I got my ring. (laughs) I'm telling you. And I tried... I tried, I tried every diet in the whole wide world. I tried Atkins. I tried Nutrisystem. I tried drugs. I tried everything that there was to try and got fatter. <laughs> and I kid you not, when I submitted to my husband, don't tell him. <laughs> I lost down to a size four. And didn't even think about it. And everybody say, how'd you lose weight? I say, I have no clue. <laughs> I, ha- I have no idea how I did it. I don't know. But it wasn't because I, it wasn't because I was doing what Keith said do. I was doing what God said do. Right, and it takes trust in God to do what God says do. Mm-hmm. It's real easy once you hear it's real easy once you hear to just push it aside and say, that's no big deal. But it takes real faith, real trust to say, okay, God, I don't see it. I don't understand it. I don't know anything about it. I've never seen it work this way before. I've never seen you work this way before. I've never seen anything like this before. Submitting to my husband how I'm going to come out without being a beaten down dog. Hey, the devil will tell you that. But you know what? I ain't going to trust him so much. I'm going to trust you and lift your head up and look to him. And quit looking at this and reasoning this 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 and just look to him and say, God, you got to take care of it. I'm looking to you. And then all this other stuff, it'll start fading away. And it'll get easier on you. Next picture, please. I had no clue we was going to talk about submission tonight, but here we are. All right. We're up. Yay! Glory. We're up. We're up. And here we are. And another thing we didn't have a clue how to do. How do you send out a mail out? How do you put all these names together in a computer? Now, you have to remember, every, when you think about these things, you have to remember what color my hair is. I know. I'm not, I'm not kidding. If my computer messes up, I have to call them to come and fix it still. I don't know how to do it. But when it comes to doing things, I lay in my bed in the mornings, and I don't have the answers. I don't know the answers. And God will say, do this. And I'll go, why, God? (laughs) And I get nothing. 
I'll say, he'll say, do this. And I'll say, but what's that going to do? And I guess I could stay there until Jesus comes and I won't get another answer. But then I have a choice to make as to whether I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it. And I get up and I say, implement this. Or I go talk to Keith and he says, first, that's always what I do first. I, you know, talk to him and then I say, can we do it this way? He says, yeah, that sounds good. I say, y'all get to it. And that's that's what works is when you pray and you hear from God and you make it work that way. And a lot of times it seems like the weirdest thing. I know some of our employees have thought, when I've called and I've said, do this, they think she has lost her mind today. I remember one day we took our radio guy. Now he's probably watching now that we're on. We took our radio guy. The Lord woke me up that morning and said, get this person, his name is Robert, and put him in accounting. He does radio. I said, God, come on. It has been, the, he has been the greatest asset in there to them, helping them do things. Now, I could have sat there and tried to reason that out for days and days and days and days and days, and God would have went. And, but listen to this, listen to this. And then I could have wondered why there was chaos in the accounting department for year after year after year after year after year. And how come things weren't getting done? And how come they were always behind? And how come they couldn't figure this out? And hired 12 people to fix the problem. And God said, Put this person in there. Until we do what God tells us to do, the problems will not be fixed. And we don't have better ideas than Him. He is way smarter than we are. And He knows everybody's capabilities. He knows what you can do. He knows what you can't do. He knows our guy that we hired to be a youth pastor and do graphic stuff for us runs our TV department. Now, would you have thought that? God is smarter than we are. And if we'll just let Him, He will show us how to do everything. But the hard part is what? Trusting, trusting him enough to take that step and do what he said. Because your mind will do mental gymnastics to try to figure out, is this going to work or not? i got news for you. Your mind will never be able to figure it out if it's God. It'll try to say he'll never work in there. He won't get along with them. This won't work. This won't work. But if you'll just trust God and take the step, what's going to happen? going to smooth everything over and that's what happens with these people these people have been with us for you know a long time keep going this was our first office that we got we it, 
wasn't any time that the Lord said, okay, here it is. And it was right on the one morning. It was just a, a supernatural deal that the Lord did for us. And, and we, we thought it was going to be okay. And then not long after that, it was too small. So keep going. We'll show you. This is um, our tape duplication department. Do you know how to do tape duplication? How many of you in here know how to do tape duplication? One, two people. So what equipment do you buy? What do you do? Where do you start? Anybody got a clue where you start? You ask the Lord and you find out what to do. Because you can start and you can mess up and you can go the wrong direction. But if you will look to Him and then take the steps that He tells you to take, you won't fall through. There won't be any time in your life that you have to go back and say, I have to clean up this mess that I made. But if you do it yourself, you're constantly going to be putting out fires. You're constantly going to be cleaning up messes. But if you'll do it his way, he'll say, do it this, do that, and then the situation's going to work out just exactly the way that God intended it to. Take this, for instance, okay? And I know I'm getting off course just a little bit, but this is uh, a very good example of it. Say, for instance, God tells you you're praying, and God tells you to take this money and pay this bill with it. And you decide you're going to do something else with it. Maybe it was pay something off. And you decide, you know what, that's no big deal. It's not important. Is it possible that for the next year, the next two years, you keep running short and you keep praying and confessing the right scriptures and wondering how come God might not be meeting your needs? Could it be that it wasn't God at all? Could it be that we didn't do what God told us to do? Because maybe if we had paid this off, then it would have been a change. So many times in our life, I mean, I can't count them. When he said, do this, it was a chain reaction to the thing that was next to it. And it did this. We paid this off and we came in contact with this person that we never would have met had we not have been here paying this off. And it caused this to happen, and then this caused this to happen, and then you hired this person, and this caused this to happen, and it was just one more chain reaction after another chain reaction that you would have never even known about. But so many people take hearing from God and doing what He says is like they can take it or leave it and then wonder why things get in a turmoil in their lives. But God doesn't want your life in a turmoil. What was Keith teaching on not too long ago about um, if you miss it, there's a way what? There's always a way out. What do you got to do, though? Uh Uh-huh. And get back, right? So it's never too late, but what do you got to do? Repent and get back to where he told you. And get back to what he told you to do. So say you're in here and you didn't pay that bill. You don't just keep going down that same road. 
What do you do? You, you believe God and you get that money and you go back and you pay that bill that he told you to do. And you say, Lord, have mercy on me. Get the people there that I was supposed to meet. Send those people whatever it was supposed to happen when I paid this bill. And you ask him for mercy. And you know what? He is the most merciful God you will ever want to meet. And he'll get you right there and things will happen and things will get right back on. I know. How, how do I know? I'll tell you how in just a minute. Keep going. And we set up book tables. We traveled. How do you do that? Keep going. And we did mail outs, and we had to talk to the post office, and you have to do all this. How do you know how to do that stuff? you got to hear from God, and you got to do it exactly the way that he says do it. Keep going. And how do you have so many employees? And how do you deal with Karen Sue all the time, as pretty as she is? Keep going. And how do you do weddings? Keep going. And how do you start remodeling offices? You do what? Whatever he says to you, do it. And it's going to work out. Keep going. And so we remodeled our first office there. And Rob wasn't even with us. Imagine that, Rob. Keep going. And so we started traveling with the Hagens. And we got a truck and a trailer. And how do you travel across the United States and Alaska with a truck and a trailer and two people? When, now let me tell you the funny part of the story. You don't have any meetings now. No income. And you're paying your own way. Now figure that one out with your head, God. God says, go back, hook up with the Hagans, and start helping them again. Okay, God? Great. Who's going to pay all... You see all the staff we had? Who, who's going to pay all this staff, God? Who's going to pay this building we just remodeled? Now, your head doesn't do what mine does, I know. Huh? It doesn't stay up at night and think and think and think and think and try to figure it out. But you know what? Of all the nights that I stayed up and did that, it didn't help one thing. My staying up and thinking and, and being upset about it didn't pay one employee, didn't pay one light bill. I told you not to follow my bad parts. Follow the faith parts. God said, travel with the Hagans. We traveled. We paid for our own vehicle, our own trailer. We paid for these two to travel with us. And we went everywhere they went. We paid for our own hotel rooms. We paid for their hotel rooms. We paid for our meals. We paid for their meals. And we didn't get paid. Now, your flesh must be stronger than mine because that doesn't seem to bother you too much. <laughs> but you know what would happen? Miracle after miracle after miracle. I remember one day in particular, we had an airplane bill that we had. 
and it was $40,000. I'll never forget it. Sweat was rolling off my brow. (laughs) And we were supposed to come in from this trip and pay this bill. I kid you not, we get there, the phone rings. It's one of the girls, Jan or Karen, and they said, guess what came in the mail today? A check for 40 whatever thousand dollars, enough to tithe off of and pay for the airplane. Now, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I don't even have to wonder, I don't even have to question, Had we have stayed home during that two weeks of that meeting, we wouldn't have got that check. Because I know, I just know. That's just the way God works. And that's what happens with people, is they try to do it for themselves, and the money doesn't come. They try to get out there and fight and fight and fight and fight and fight because we got to have this money, and we got to do it this way because our head says we do. When all the while God is saying, go and do this, go and do this, go and do this. Do you not know that I can take care of anything? Where is the failure coming in? Is the failure coming in hearing what God's telling you to do or trusting and taking that step? I think people are playing games that they're not hearing from God. I think people all over this place are hearing from God. I think the problem is that when you hear from God, you're just like me. And you want to go crawl under the chair and say, God, i got bills to pay. See you later. We've got to do something to bring some money in. And if we keep this meeting and we keep this meeting and we keep this meeting, then we'll have money to pay the employees and their insurance and the, and the utility bill and the light bill. But what you don't know is if you don't do what God tells you to do, then you're open door wide open for the devil to come in and destroy everything you got. And all God's doing is saying, my yoke is easy and my burden is. And you're killing yourself trying to make it work. And he's saying, my yoke is easy and my burden's light. But all we have to do is do what he says do. And it seems so hard. But why does it seem so hard? Because the devil immediately, when God tells you to do something, is he gets out the video camera. Just like he did when the, when the Lord told me to submit to Keith. He plays you all these elaborate color videos of how your life is going to be if you do this. And how things are going to be in your life and how broke you're going to be and how everybody's going to see that you lost your ministry because you missed God. And you just left everything and went and traveled with the Hagans. So you're going to lose all your staff. You're going to lose your building. You're going to lose your insurance and your vehicles. He doesn't paint those pictures for y'all? Yes. I'll loan you my video camera. (laughs) But that's what the devil does. Immediately, when the Lord shows you to do something, here's the devil. Immediately, he comes. And he starts painting these pictures of why that's not going to work. 
And that's where warfare is done. Immediately, you just cast that down and you say, oh, no, 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 no. My God's bigger than that and I trust him. And he can make this come to pass. He's bigger than you are, Mr. Devil. And you just trust God. Okay, so keep going. So here we are with the Hagans. And I don't know if you can see that shot of his hair or not, but it's a piece of art. (laughs) It had to be just exactly right, and it had to be lifted in the front, and the sides had to be a certain amount of puffiness, and if they were too puffy, you had to redo it. And if they were not puffy enough, well, we had to fix it. And if there was one standing up, well, we had to get rid of that one standing up. So... Uh, he liked his hair fixed a certain way, and um, I got the privilege of doing that. And uh, again, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things, and he will show you how to do it. And, you know, I look back on that, and I cherish those times because, you know, you were able to talk with him, and, and it, was, it was a great time. What a privilege. What an honor, you know, to be able to do that. But you know what? In thinking about that, as I was thinking about doing this, I thought, what if... I didn't trust the Holy Spirit to teach me. What if I said, I can't do it? What if I said, I don't know how to do hair. I can't do his hair. What if I said, I've never done hair before. I can't do your hair, Brother Hagen. I've never done hair before. Why are you asking me to do this? Don't you know I can't do it? I'm not a, a beautician. I can't do hair. Do you know what? He never asked me if I could do hair. Huh? He was my elder, and he was over me, and he never once asked me if I could do things. He told me what to do. And he never minced words. He told me what to do. And I got the privilege of being able to do them. And everything he told me to do, I use today. Everything he allowed me to do while they were alive, I use everything today. But I could have very easily yielded to my flesh and not taken that step of trust in God and said, I can't do that. Because the devil was right there painting lots of pictures. Here's Brother Hagen. He's up on the platform and everybody's going, (laughs) Who fixed his hair tonight? (laughs) And what is that? P-R-I-D-E. Pride will keep you out of a lot of things that God wants you to do. It'll keep you from accomplishing a lot of things that God wants for you. Brother Hagen didn't ask me if I could fix his hair. He didn't ask me if I knew how to do it. And that's the way God is. Did he ask Moses, could he speak? Did God ask Moses, are you a good speaker? Hmm? He just said, speak, go do this. It's not good to make excuses when God tells you to do things. He already knows what you can do. And he takes the foolish things of this world to do what? He knows how dumb you are. (laughs) 
He already knows just how dumb we are. He created us. And he takes just how dumb all of us are and he shows us how to do things with the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us that the wise can't do with all their supernatural powers. And they go, how did you do that? Do you know, I think every person in here probably should be a millionaire if they just listen to the Holy Spirit. I mean, you could, you could accomplish feats for the Lord if you just get out of this thing and get into this thing and start listening to Him and not be afraid to take that step and be afraid that somebody's going to look at you and laugh at you. So what if they laugh? They've laughed at me so many times, I can't tell you. laugh at me. But so what if people laugh? So they got a good laugh today. They say laughter does good like a medicine. Let them laugh. And then you bring home the next million or two. Huh? You follow this. When God tells you to do something, you trust him. And he'll never forsake you. He'll do exactly what he told you he would do. Okay, go on to the next one. Then he says, oh, Lord. He says, start a church. How many of you know how to start a church? Keith, I remember one day, Keith and I were out. We had a weekend. We were out riding around, and we stopped by this lakeside, and we were standing there, and I was standing on this little stump, and he was standing right beside me, and he looked up at me, and he said, Phil, you ever thought about pastoring? I looked down at the water, and I said, nope. He said, me neither. And we just took off. And that was the extent of our heart on pastoring at the time. But God said, and do you know when he said do it and he said buy that building, I think maybe, I'd have to check with our accounting girl. She could probably call me and tell me, but I think maybe we may have had Maybe, possibly, I doubt it, $5,000 in our account at the time. Now you talk about trusting God. He didn't ask us, did we have any money? He did not. He didn't say, hey, Keith and Phil, y'all got any money? I'm thinking about starting a church in Branson. Y'all got some extra y'all can do this with? Nope. He didn't ask us that. He said, y'all go to Branson. And Keith thought we were moving the ministry there. And I went out looking at buildings, and I found this one. And I said, the Lord said, this is it. I said, Lord, do you know how much this thing cost? And the guy, I kid you not, the guy that was showing me the building, he sat right down on the front row, right here in the middle. And I was standing up here on the platform like this. And I was just kind of standing up here looking around like this. And he's sitting down there on the front. He says, so how many people's in your congregation? I'd never thought about it. 
God didn't tell me anything about a congregation. He just said, buy a building. I said, uh, none. He got up and walked out. Now he's one of our biggest buds today because God came through. God supernaturally came through. We told him what we could do. He said, no. We told him what we could do. He said, no. During the nighttime, if God tells you to do something, what does he do? He enables you to do it. You can't make it happen, but he can. You can't turn water into wine. You can't change people's hearts, but who can? God can. God had kept them up all night long. Now, as far as I know, these guys were not serving God. He had kept them up all night long. And at 6.30 the next morning, I got a phone call. And they said, can we meet for breakfast? We said, sure. They said, "Um, we think if we do this and we do this and we do this and we do this, we can get you in this building. And if you pay it by this time, we'll give you this much money back. We went, okay. Now, that's a miracle. That is a supernatural miracle when you don't have a congregation. Now, Dave just walked in. Dave's not always here, but Dave just walked in. We didn't have anybody at the church. We didn't have a congregation. But before we got there, Dave had a Bible study. How many men did you have? About 30 men. So we had our first service. I kid you not, the only advertising that we did, we didn't promote it. We didn't do anything. The only advertising that we did was the people that we bought the building from. The people. Now, the one that said he walked out on me now. God changed his heart. He put a half a page ad in the newspaper that we were starting the church and brought us all breakfast that morning and brought it to the church. Coffee and donuts. Am I right? That morning, we had over 500 people show up. How do you get a miracle? Whatever he says. Now, what if we would have sat in our condo and reasoned it out and tried to figure out the money? We'd have never had a church in Branson. We wouldn't have all the miracles that's happened in that church. We wouldn't have all the testimonies that you hear about. We wouldn't have the Internet. Whatever he says to you, you got, it's always going to be this. Say always. Always. It's always going to be this. It's always going to be trusting God. It's always going to be trusting God. Not you. It's always going to be trusting God. So Dave had these 30 men. So before the first service, he brought these 30 men in. They were our ushers and our parking lot guys. And our staff worked in the nurseries. And one of them said, I have never changed a diaper before. 
I mean, we had a really, it was the greatest, the greatest day I think I can ever remember. They were all in the nurseries changing diapers, feeding babies. You wouldn't have wanted your baby in there that day. <laughs> no, they were, they turned out, they, they loved them, but they didn't know how to change. It's a good thing they didn't have pins to change the diapers with. <laughs> but it was wonderful. Wonderful, 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 because we never expected, well, I did. I told Keith we were going to have over 500. But it was glorious. But it was a miracle. It was an absolute miracle from God that we had that many people show up. And Keith got up there and he asked him, he said, "Um, I don't know how y'all are all here or how this all happened. He said, we've been praying for you to come here. The people did. So supernatural. But the only way you get it is by doing what he tells you to do. Not by what your neighbor tells you to do or your spouse tells you to do or your aunt or your cousin or your mom or your dad or your brother. They can't hear from God for you. No matter how hard you try, they can pray and they can pray and they can pray and no matter how much they love you, how much they care about you, how much they want to see you succeed, there's only one person that hear, can hear from God for you. And that's you. That's you. Go on to the next picture. So there's the auditorium. Then you got to figure out how to remodel the thing. It was Keith and I and Dave. And we had to remodel this place. And you know what God told us to do? We're in the middle of trying to do this. Now listen to me carefully. Here's some more miracles. Are you listening? We're trying to figure all this stuff out. We've got to close on this building. And God says, go to St. Louis tomorrow. And we're like, God, we haven't slept in days. It's four or five hours up there. Go up there and see such and such. And we're like, God, come on. I'd I'd love to just sleep today. He said, go to St. Louis. Whatever he says to you, do it. I mean, we've got this whole building. We've got to get ready to go. We got in our car. We drove up to St. Louis. We got to St. Louis, and we met with these pastors that we know. We're sitting there at the dinner table with them. And they're telling us these things. And they said, well, you know, you have to be open for Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, we, we say. And um, because people come to church on Resurrection Sunday that they won't come any other time, he tells Keith. And Keith's like, that's three weeks away. So he says, I don't know that we can have it ready in three weeks. And God witnessed in his heart, you have to have it open Resurrection Sunday. So he knew he had to have it open Resurrection Sunday. And so this pastor says, I've got this team for disaster relief. And Keith said, it's a disaster, all right. (laughs) He sent down, how many people? 100, 150 people the first week and helped us clean that place up, get it spick and span, and left them there for a week, didn't he? They stayed, and they slept on the floor and cooked their own meals and stayed there and helped us clean that place from top to bottom. They painted, they did everything. Someday you'll get to see the pictures maybe. Look online, maybe they're still on there, I don't remember. But supernatural help. But why? What if we would have just stayed right there in Branson and not gone to St. Louis that day? 
it would have been mighty hard for me and Keith to clean all 24 of them bathrooms in one, just that to get it clean in three weeks, much less remodel the platform, do all the other things that had to be done. It was done. It was just not a deal. It was done. Whatever he says to you, take that step and trust him and do it. Next, more pictures of it. Keep going. And then, this is, the, this is the most glorious thing, not. We get a church, and Keith's gone the first five services. <laughs> so I have to speak. I, I don't do that. It's not who I am. But guess what? Whatever he says, do it. Do it. So we did. Here we are. Keep going. And we had our nurseries. And God showed us how to set up every nursery that we had. He gave us wisdom on exactly how to do it. And we had our little kids. Keep going. And I think you've heard me tell the stories about youth. We didn't just start our youth out right away, but we did start them out. And here we are and having youth. Keep going. And we had baby dedications. Yeah, keep going. And here I am teaching again. Keep going. And then the Lord says, get an airplane, and you got to remodel the interior, and you got to pick out the paint, and you got to do this stuff. How in the world do you know how to do that? Whatever he says, do it. Went out there, 30 minutes, we had the paint color picked out, the interior picked out, everything picked out. How do you do that? You check inside you, and whatever he says, you do it. Keep going. And then he says buy another place and he says get it ready in three weeks whatever he says do it we got it ready in three weeks rob dave dan me half the people didn't sleep for three weeks but we got it ready in three weeks was it three weeks six weeks six weeks okay keep going which is a supernatural story behind that the lord dealt with me one morning um the building had been there, and they had been asking me to buy it. And um, this particular morning, I woke up, and I was praying, and the Lord said, call this guy that owned this building. And um, I called him that day, and it was going back to the bank that day. And um, had we not have called him that day, we wouldn't have got it that day for that price. Isn't that correct? And so we got it that day for that price. And what if I hadn't have called him that day whatever he says do it okay next and then we have this church okay now I must confess so that you don't think I'm just all perfect he says we're starting another church God said we're starting another church whatever he says I didn't do it. I went in rebellion mode again about the same thing I was when we first got married. I thought, there is no way I can help start another church. I can't help this one run, much less we're, we're meeting ourselves coming back with one church. How in the world are we going to do two churches? And I, what we call unhooked. I did. I unhooked. And it was hell in my house. We didn't fight. 
it just was, you know what I mean? It was just uneasy. It was just, I don't like those feelings. Do you like them? It was like Yucksville. And you're looking at me like, well, why did you do it? Well, you tell me why you did it. <laughs> why did you not do what God told you to do? How far can you stretch yourself? Is what I was thinking. And I went ballistic. I did. I just went off the deep end. And do you know what the number one problem was? I didn't do this. Because if God tells you to do something, what will he do? He will enable you to be able to do it. And I forgot that part. That's why I can stand up here tonight and tell you that part. Because if God tells you to do something, it doesn't matter how huge it is, how tiny it is, where it is, how far away it is, how close it is, how you've ever done it before, if you've never done it before, if it's beyond your imagination. If He tells you to do it, do it. It'll be the greatest thing in your whole world, in your whole life, like this church has been. It's been great. It's been wonderful. It just has gone. We had one miracle after. I could stand here all night long and tell you the miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle that happened with this place. Us getting this building. It was sold to somebody else. And supernatural things happen one after the other, after the other, after the other. And you're here. And whatever he says, do it. And it has been wonderful. And the people in Branson, put them up on the screen. Can we do it and get back to my picture still? There they are. Thank you, guys. Maybe they're going to be delayed because we're not doing anything. But thank you, guys. We love you. Thank you for being patient. Tell them we love them. Love you. Yeah, they'll get it. They'll get to see it eventually. They're delayed, but they'll get to see it because our connection is a little bit different, but they'll get to see it. We're sorry you got detained, but we do love you. And uh, But it's been the greatest thing, these churches in our lives. So we got this one done. You can put that back up there. And this is what it looked like. So keep going. And Dave and Rob and Dan made me drive a forklift. No, I'm just kidding. I did that on purpose. So keep going. And we bought hangers. And how do you do that? And how do you believe God for them? You call at the right time, the day he tells you to call, whether you have the money or not. If you wake up and God says... Do this today. And you, the very first thing you do is you open your bank account. You talk to somebody else about it. You look at something else. You sit there and try to figure it out. You've already missed it. Just make sure God told you to do it. If you know he told you to do it, then you get up, you get dressed, You comb that pretty hair of yours, 
and you take that step. And you'll see every single time he'll meet you and he'll take care of you. And it doesn't matter what it looks like or what it feels like. You just do it. Because if we would have been moved every single time he's told us to do something by the money, this hanger, for instance, by that hanger, okay, Lord, with what? My looks? The very day he told me to call the guy, I was able to get the hanger. The very same day, Another situation to happen with the hanger that we had that the FAA told the guy that he had to get do something different and he offered me exactly what we had to have for our hanger in order to buy this one for just almost identical, the same thing. I mean, it's just supernatural. One supernatural thing after another supernatural thing. But if I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have seen the other miracle happen. You've got to do what he tells you to do in order to see the miracles happen. The reason people are not seeing miracles happen in their lives is because they're not taking the steps to see them happen. It's, they, ha- they have to figure it out with this thing up here, and it doesn't have the answers. Only he has the answers, and we have to trust him. Keep going. And so we did this church, and the Lord's helped us get it there. Keep going. And the Branson Church keep going, and we figured out how to do them both simultaneously. And we're pastoring two churches at the same time. How do you do that? We sat down, and we tried to figure it out, and we sat there for weeks and weeks and weeks before we did it. How do you do that? And finally, we just said, we don't know. Do you understand what I'm saying? We finally had to come to the conclusion, we don't know, and just do it. Keep going. And how do you do TV? Keep going. How, do you know how to do TV? I don't know, but the Lord knows. And thank God Devin figured it out. Keep going. And how do you do Internet? I don't know, but thank God Rob figured it out. The Lord showed him. Keep going. And how do you do kids? We don't know, but the Lord knows. And he'll show us. Keep going. And how do you do more kids? And how do you have the people to fill the spots? And who, puts, who do you put in those spots? You just ask people? No. You look to the Lord and he tells you who goes where. Keep going. And how do you do a Christmas float? <laughs> Keep going. And how do you put together a choir? Keep going. And how do you have a celebration Sunday and feed hundreds and hundreds of people? Keep going. And how do you feed people a five or seven course meal? Sit down. Keep going. Keep going. How do you have ushers? Teach them how to do things. Keep going. You can just keep going. Tape duplication. You pray. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's what you got to do. Whatever the Lord tells you to do, it's time to trust Him. You got to get out of your head, and if you want miracles in your life, 
Whatever he tells you to do, you trust him and you do it. You can't figure it out with your head. Our heads are not smart enough, but he's smart enough. And if he tells you to do it, he'll enable you to do it. He'll give you the money to do it. He'll give you the physical power to do it. He'll give you the wisdom to do it. He'll give you the people to do it. He'll give you everything that you need to do it. All he needs is you to do what he told you to do. And he can bring everything else to pass. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 You guys got something y'all can sing?